how Chrissy turned her depression during the pandemic into creating a video series on TikTok called Restoring Faith in Humanity and how those videos have led to saving the lives of many. You're listening to Rock Your Kindness, a new podcast presented by Love What Matters and dedicated to highlighting incredible stories surrounded by kindness. I'm your host, Tracy Farron, author, speaker, cancer thriver, and online creator. But what I really love to do is inspire others to be kinder to themselves and those they encounter, because you never know how your kindness can change the trajectory of not just your life, but the life of another. It started with everybody joined TikTok when that lockdown happened at quarantine, and I had an account previously that I would just do trending sounds just like everybody else and throw my little spin on it. Because we weren't seeing patients at all at my job, I was making TikToks at work. And I think this is definitely a learning experience that a lot of people are having and they usually have more unfortunate results than I do. So I made some TikToks to trending sounds with my name badge on it. And of course they got sent to my job and it was like two weeks of them investigating what to do with me. And I like that two weeks, I'm like, I'm going to lose my job. They weren't anything bad, but they did reference like drinking and it was inappropriate for a company to be associated with that. So I knew I did wrong. I had that gut feeling that I shouldn't have done that. And I, I just knew it. So when I did get pulled into the office to get talked about, I was more down on myself. I wasn't mad at anybody. I knew what I did, but I was just not happy with myself. So I did get suspended for a couple days and the day that I got suspended, I don't know why, but I thought that I was going to come home and my husband was going to tell me I'm a failure and he's never done that. But I don't know if it was like, because I don't get in trouble. I don't know how he's going to react if I got in trouble. So I just like went for a run and it was a mess. I kind of got kind of low with the quarantine and stuff. There was a lot of things happening. The next couple nights I would sit on YouTube and I would just watch like heartwarming videos and random acts of kindness. And they really just kind of took everything like, all right, okay, get out of your funk. There's great people out there. For whatever reason, I wanted to share that because I know there's a lot of people, especially in 2020 that were having this same depression as I was, if not worse. I was like, all right, if this made me feel better, it's going to make other people feel better too. So that's when I first started sharing it. And then the first one, I was shocked. Like I wouldn't get more than like five or 10 views on my videos. And it got like 2000, I think that same night. And I was like, oh my God, people like this stuff too. It's not just me. Do you remember what the video was? Yes, it was a little boy who really liked watching the garbage men. and he made them cookies and they let him help operate the truck from the back and throw the trash in. They gave him big hugs and stuff. It was just so wholesome. It really was very sweet. Mm -hmm. And I actually Mm -hmm. wrote that down. I labeled it first video ever. I was very cute, but let me quote you on what you said. I've been feeling kind of down and I was just watching some random acts of kindness and it made me feel better. So I thought I would show them to you guys. Yes. That's what you said. It made you feel better. If it made you feel better, you're like, surely this will make at least 10 other people, right? 10 views. (laughs) (laughs) At least 10 other people feel good. Take me through that process of, okay, we now know it made you feel good. You shared it. 
whoa, okay, other people really do want to see this. Then what? So I was reading the comments on the first one and the positive feedback that I was getting was like, I could do a series. I could do more. I can make it a series because I have seen that one of the things that other people do is make series out of things like greatest baseball moments or all kinds of stuff. So I'm like, let's see how long I could do this. And it just kept gaining more traction with the next video and comments of people saying, thank you for posting these. The ones that got me the most were the, you don't realize that you just saved my life with these videos. And those are the ones that I'm like, I can't stop. I got to keep doing this. Do you respond to their comments? I do. Usually with those ones, I'll say, glad you're still here. But I try to respond to everybody in the beginning. Now it's nearly impossible. It is. Absolutely. It's like when you get like 10, 15, even 20 comments, those are manageable. But some videos take a life of their own. It's like you want to. Yeah. There's just no way. One, there's no way you can even read them all. It'll take forever. And there's just no way you can respond no matter how much you want to. You just can't. Mm -hmm. What was their second video? Do you remember? I don't. The second one, I think it was a bus driver who saw a woman standing on the edge of a bridge getting ready to jump. And he got out and he talked to her and he sat with her and saved her life by being a person to listen to. I think that was the second one. Yeah. When you share this, I know you put captions on it, like restoring faith. Are you adding any more wording to the videos? Like you're summarizing what the video is about, or is that already on the You can add titles into the video itself. So if it's not completely self-explanatory, I will go and add what's going on. Some are just, you can watch it and you know what's happening, but something like that one in particular. Yeah, it was like, he saw this woman standing on the bridge. So sometimes I do. So your most viral video was about a stem cell transplant recipient meeting the donor, it had 38.7 million views, over 10 million likes, over 92,000 comments, over 600,000 saves, and over 250,000 shares. Why was it that one that just seemed to resonate with so many people? I don't know. That's the one that I always think back to about how did that happen? Because I got a lot of feedback from that on every social media site I have. And I'm not active on many others, but I got a lot of people reaching out. What was the feedback? Most of it was I came across this video and then I started watching all your videos. Your videos are a rabbit hole, but in a good way. Yeah. If they reach an audience that hasn't found my page yet and I go viral and reach that audience, they go through all of them. And it's kind of nice because that's when I get those messages that now I'll get private messages that say, I was having the most terrible day. I was really thinking about ending it all. And your video saved me. And those are the ones that really get pushed out. And I don't know why. That one in particular, I think it was just so wholesome. Like the gentleman was celebrating a great thing that happened to him, had no idea what was about to happen. And it, it was so smooth. So will you tell us the story? Because I can see the listeners being like, okay, so what's the story, y'all? Tell so us what's the story. The story? <laughs> well, you're just going to have to go watch it. You no. can go watch it. Go find the video. <laughs> So this gentleman, him and his family were at a restaurant. They were celebrating his second birthday. And he clearly, he was much older than two. He was a grown man. And a woman at the table next to him asked, how are you only two? And he said, well, I forget how many years ago he said, but X amount of years ago, I had a stem cell transplant. And we celebrate every year that goes by that because that stem cell transplant saved my life. 
And they're like, oh, okay. Do you know who it's from? And he said, yeah, 26 year old man from Baltimore, Maryland. And I think they even asked his name and he said, yeah, his name is Mike Driscoll. And then the kid sitting next to him at that party that they were talking to said, well, I'm Mike Driscoll. And they're like, yeah, his name's Mike. And then it took a second for him to be like, is it you? And then he realizes the young man that donated his stem cells was planning on surprising him that night. He was sitting next to him. They share this really cute hug and tears and it was just so beautiful. I'm getting chills talking about it. I know. It's so Honestly, cute. I did too. No, I did too. It <laughs> really was. I don't know why it went so viral. I think when you do something like this, we had someone else on who was a live living donor. And I think something like this, it just see it's a, such a selfless thing. You're doing it for someone you don't even know. Yeah. And then for me, so I don't like the whole men don't cry, toughen up. Men don't, like, I'm just like, okay, that's small people thinking. That's not reality. A lot of women find men who are sensitive, attractive, but to see two men just embrace like that. And you can tell he was crying. I liked that too. I like mm -hmm. seeing men on social media who can express those types of feelings because I think for so long, men have been conditioned, toughen up. Right. I appreciate that too. Sharing a part of themselves with the world that they have been, like you said, conditioned their entire life that they're not supposed to do. And men don't have feelings and man up. And it's not that easy. When we bottle our feelings, now women, of course, it's more acceptable for us to cry in public. But for men to bottle their feelings their entire life, it's not healthy for them, really weighs heavy on them. And I like seeing it because now they know it's okay. Look, there's going to be some rude comments in your section, but there's going to be 10 times more good comments. And that is one something that I'm really taking notice for every one negative comment that they get, or I get, or anybody gets, there's a hundred good comments. So I really watched all your viral ones and then I just randomly watched other ones, but I'll tell you the one that really struck me. And I don't know why, because I watched all of them. So why was this one? I couldn't tell you. But this lady, she was sitting on her porch and I guess she had a camera, like we all have cameras on our porch or some of us. And it caught this moment. There was no sound. I think they were like making music, but you couldn't hear her. And she was bawling and it had said that she had just yes. found out that her mom passed away. And you see this, and I, I couldn't tell if it was a guy or a girl because cameras are a little blurry, those types of cameras. Mm -hmm. But you see someone coming from across the street or the end of her driveway and just embrace her and give her a hug. And I just started crying. Yeah. I was like, that is so dang sweet. Yeah. I just yes. loved it. That one is one of the ones, just thinking about it, like getting teary-eyed because that was completely raw. Like she had to have just found out. And it's that kind of pain where you can't even breathe. You're, you just, and I, yeah. Notice the trend that we're talking about. These videos are all raw. Yeah. They're, they're not yeah. acting. They're yeah. all very real and from the heart. And there's just something about videos or posts or whatever that those really pierce people. And it mm -hmm. just resonates. And I think take away religion and politic beliefs and whatever people want to use to divide us instead of finding common ground, right? People like to use things to divide us. Take all that away 
And we all come together somehow on videos like that and support. That is one of the reasons why I really like not just the following I have, but people who do come back and watch videos. I don't post politics. I don't post religion. I'm out of that. My beliefs don't matter on social media. So when I do get on there, I do like that in my comment section, we're not fighting. We're getting along. I love that. Out of all the videos I watched, I actually think these were all ones that went viral. And you have so many that go viral. So one is a man catching a baby who dropped from a... I mean, this building had to at least been 10 stories high. I think more. Mm -hmm. But it was insane. Don't know why the baby was out, but like dropped and the man catches him. Two men who saved a girl in some type of body of water. And they're on a podcast together. They don't know it's her. And 35 years later, they reunite over a podcast. A bus driver picked up a little girl who was roaming the street and brought her back to her mom. A cop pulling over a speeding car and delivers a baby. There was a biker stopping to help someone who broke down. A woman helping a deer get unstuck from a fence. And it was really <laughs> hard. And it was so funny what she said at the very end. Like, hope you she don't get funny. stuck again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> struggled with it. There was a boyfriend shaving his head in front of his girlfriend who had cancer. A FedEx driver wiping down a box of a resident who had an autoimmune disease or disorder. A Good Samaritan rescuing two kids from a hot car, which I think those were, even kids were involved in that one. Skaters were involved trying to help. And it just brought over more people to get the kids out of a hot car. So those were just some that I was like, oh. You really just have such a good page. You really do. And you hardly ever talk about personal stuff. I, I know there was a few, but you really keep it like to this type of stuff. So I, I do want to dive into like why you're calling this movement Restoring Faith in Humanity. Why that? Why not something else? I checked out your hashtags and you use kindness matters, kindness, spread the love, wholesome. Why not those? Why Restoring Faith in Humanity? I think maybe I was like a little bit angry at the world when this happened, when the stuff in my life happened. And I think that's just kind of where it began. That was my thinking. When you told yeah. me that you were struggling and what you were going through, I kind of have a thought, hmm, but I like to ask the question because I want to get your thought. But to me, it would make sense that there you were struggling, like, oh my gosh, like I wasn't trying to do anything bad. I know it was maybe inappropriate, but I could see it. And then you watch all these videos that lifted your soul. And I could see how maybe to some degree, and especially in 2020 and crap is hitting the fan and all kinds yeah. of stuff and political yeah. stuff. I could see that you feeling like maybe it restored a little bit of faith in humanity for you. And so for me, it makes sense because that's actually a phrase that I've seen on some of my videos and stuff. So I could see how I think spreading kindness in your own mm -hmm. unique way does restore faith in humanity. Because I really think the world is what we think it is. Really do. People think the world's bad. And it's this and it's that. And I'm like, well, that's your reality. That's not my reality. Am I naive? And do I think that bad things don't happen? Absolutely not. I know what happens out in the world, but that's just not my focus. Not that I don't mm -hmm. see it sometimes. I'm like, ugh. But I try to see the world through a lens of good and yeah. good people. But I think when you have a lens of everyone sucks, everyone's out to get me, you only want something from me. I can see how the world feels like a terrible place to live. But I think especially for people like that, who are just either there in their life or struggling or contemplating suicide or whatever, I could see how it's restoring faith in humanity. 
hundred percent could see that. And I think people need a good reminder that not everybody's bad. It's certainly done a lot for me too. It was really easy to go down that huge depression in 2020, especially in the beginning. And I could probably go back and say, yeah, I felt like I was getting ready to hate the world. I hated myself, like for sure. I'm pretty open about how I got really depressed and stuff. I would have easily went to that point where I'm like, I hate the world. I hate everybody. Don't talk to me. I trust no one. And that's kept me afloat for the crazy pandemic that's still kind of going on and kind of not. And I don't know where it is, but I still work in it. So it still affects my life. Yeah. But it still keeps me afloat. Like, hey, you might have had a bad day. Somebody might have yelled at you at work, which is fine. They're allowed to. I mean, people are grumpy and sick when they're sick. So it's fine. But it's a nice reminder to myself, too, that just because one person was rude to you doesn't mean everybody is. Yeah, absolutely. So how many videos do you release each week? I couldn't really see a theme. Is it just like, whenever I have time for it, girl, that's when. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And in the beginning, it was at least once, maybe twice a day. I think I was like shooting them out because we couldn't go anywhere. I had had time for it. We all had time for it. (laughs) Yeah, we had time. And then I took a big break in May. Some like circumstances. I just needed to step away from social media and kind of focus on my own healing and then here recently, I picked back up on doing them. And then I <laughs> I don't like talking about this on the app because apparently if you talk about it on the app, more people attack your page and then you get banned and stuff. But pretty much every video I post now gets mass reported. For example, I posted one. It was Hurricane Ian. There was an elderly couple in a car and a bunch of men, like the water's like rushing and they're in a huge, huge flood. And a couple men like get over to the car and they're pulling these elderly patients out. I posted it. It came down. Like they said, you can't post for shock value. And I'm like, okay, well, so that happened this week, a couple last week. And then it does minimize how far your videos go on the algorithm. So if people aren't even going to be able to see it, then I'm just going to wait until like it settles down. So this past week, I didn't really post anything because I have an account warning. So I'm like, I don't want to get banned. Right now, I'm just trying to be really careful about what I put out there. Like, all right, is this shocking? No, it's kind. Okay, good. Push it through. (laughs) Sometimes I'm telling you those account warnings, I've had a handful too in my TikTok career. And then you go check out the video and you're like, huh, yeah, I'm not seeing it. And one for me, I got, and I was like, okay, I I can see it. He was not 18. He's not an adult. Was my 13-year-old didn't have his shirt on. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It wasn't a beach or pool setting or anything, which I guess maybe that's appropriate. I think he was dyeing my hair. I I don't remember. And I was like, okay, I can kind of see that one, get it. But some of these other ones, I'm like, was someone mad? (laughs) Was someone, you just, you don't like me? I have this theory and maybe other people have it too. And maybe people have even talked about it on TikTok. I just haven't come across it, but there's gotta be groups. There's gotta be groups of people. I want to say kids. I've got to say kids. Like I refuse to believe that adults are doing this. (laughs) They might be, but I'm still, I don't want to, I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) We've all grown up and matured by the time we're adults. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But I swear there's groups and they're like, all right, this week we're going to attack Chrissy and this week we're going to attack Tracy. And then sometimes I feel like they're just always monitoring, waiting for that one video that's shocking and they're going to mass report it. Cause I don't think one person reporting your post is going to do anything. Like I think this is just my theory because nobody knows the algorithm, (laughs) 
But I think there's got to be like a handful of reports on one video for them to like actually pull it. And then I think you report it. And then I think an actual person reviews it and says like, oh, okay, well, restored or not restored. I always but appeal on I do too, for sure. And most of mine do come back. Most of them do become restored. The car one did get restored, but then I was like, mm, I'm going to go ahead and pull it. I'm just going to private it. And because I don't want them to report it again. And I don't want to, my, my account's going to get banned. Yeah. But that's okay. Well, and I think what it has done for me is as annoying as it is, I will own to maybe one video being borderline with my kid not having a shirt on, is it has made me more aware. Uh, Okay, is this appropriate? Instead of just always putting out there what I want to, I've always been someone because I've been on social media for so many years, like, is this serving? Is this inspiring? Is this motivating? Is it entertaining? Is there some value to what I'm sharing? And if there's not, like, no, it doesn't need to be shared. So I've always had that mindset, but having the warning account thing on it, it just made me a little bit more hypersensitive to, is this need to be shared? So I guess in some way, it's maybe just a little bit more aware and maybe a second line of defense of, do I need to share it? But something that you said that I think you and I have both seen a lot of, I did it too, is when you said you stepped away from social media for your own mental health, I did that. God, I think I did that for like eight months to a year. I just disappeared. Might have posted once or twice a month. But when you go from like daily to once or twice a month, I just didn't want to feel like my community thought that I deserted them. I needed that break. Some people announce it, some people don't, and that's okay, however they want to go about it. I just have massive respect for them, especially people who have platforms, right? You have over a million Mm -hmm. people in your community that step away. For me, what it tells me is it is more important that you take care of yourself. Again, you're showing yourself kindness, that Mm -hmm. you take care of yourself and get yourself in check so that you can come back and be the person you want to be for them and for you. And Mm -hmm. screw if you're having brand deals, screw if you're missing out on this, screw if you're missing out on that, screw it if people forget about you because you disappeared for eight months. There's just for me a level of respect that I'm like, you go girl. Because I know there are some people who struggle, but they do it anyways because of the job. And it just puts them in a really bad place. And so I think people like you and I and people we've seen over there who have enough strength to completely walk away from a platform with a million people where every single video either goes viral or does extremely well and to pull back from that. Yeah. For me, I'm just like, I see you and I kind of see your values and I see your character and I can only have anything, only respect for those people. So how long did you pull away? And was it because of social media to become too much? I know for me, I just felt the pressure I felt like I was becoming the fundraiser girl. They were all good causes, but I had a job and I had so many other things that I don't think people realize the behind the scenes work that it takes to move around $80,000, $90,000 to move all thousands of dollars around. And I don't think people got it. I could have put that pressure on myself, but I just felt pressure to keep doing that. And then every time I picked someone, it needed to be huge and grand. And then I felt bad if I only got to raise $5,000 for someone. And then the inboxes, right? I had to eventually turn off my messages because it was just one sad story after another. And I'm like, I can't do this. As much as I want, I can't. So where were you? Was it the messages you were getting? Was it just overwhelming or was it a little bit of personal and social media? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I started slowing down probably in the end of January. I was just feeling overwhelmed with work. It was like COVID flu season. It was just extremely busy at work and it's a physical job. There's a lot of walking around. And by the end of the day, I was just exhausted and I wasn't giving myself enough time to rest when I'm awake, making videos, posting them. So I did start pulling back a little bit and I definitely felt myself getting a little bit darker, like in that space. And then what really kind of did it on May 18th, one of my cousins passed away unexpectedly. And he's two years younger than me. And I hadn't seen him for a while. We all went to Florida together in 2020. And around Christmas time, we did a big family thing. And that was the last time I saw him. It was an awkward trip for several reasons, but not with him really. But I didn't hug him when we left because I was in a rush. So I wanted to get home. I was done. And I, I just felt like so terrible about that. And then I started feeling guilty for not messaging him as often as I should. And any loss is a sad loss, regardless if you talked to them yesterday or you just saw him. It was just so shocking and unexpected that I was done. I needed to step away. And then I was having a hard time even being a mom at that point because this person, I grew up with him. He was like a brother when I lived in the same town that he lived in. I moved away when I was like 12, but we were buddies. That was my buddy. And, and then right after that, maybe a week, Uvalde, Texas happened. So I was like, all right, I need to be a mom at least. <laughs> you can grieve, but you have to at least be there for your child because we all know how we feel about that. So I took as much time as I needed. I'm not really sure how long I took off maybe two months. You need to work on yourself. You need time. So like being there, being demanded by everybody, social media, kids, husband, school, work. Well, I'm not school anymore, but my daughter's school. It's exhausting mentally, physically, emotionally. So that's very important. I applaud anybody else on TikTok or any social media that does the same. It's necessary sometimes. It's like a vacation from your job. Like we all should be taking days off. It's a requirement, I believe. You need to take time off. Yeah, and I love it. And every time I see it, I'm like, you go. I agree 100% that, especially mm-hmm. because being a content creator, so it's some people's full-time job. Yeah. And I never thought about like that, that just like any other job, you need a vacation. <laughs> you need you a do. day off. You do. You do. You do. Several I, days off. Some- and then out of all the videos that you posted, are there a few that you're like, all-time favorite, love them? There's so many, there's 500 and I would never be able to pick one, but I do cry every time I watch the veterans when they see flags on the ground and they pick them up and fold them. I posted a couple and I have like so many saved and I'm like, I can't just keep posting these ones. You got to mix it up. But those just make me cry every single time. And 
when I see elderly in vulnerable positions, that gets me more than anything. Young people helping them and other elderly people helping them. Those ones really get me teary. Yeah. And I've seen those videos that you've posted. I actually saw one before we hopped on. I came across, she was pushing him in a wheelchair. Yeah. I think they were just walking down the street and they saw it and she pushes him over. And I think what I think of is you have a man in a wheelchair. They're obviously cute and old and everything, (laughs) but that flag has so much meaning to them. That he's yeah. like, honey, will me over there and we're going to fold it and show it respect. That's what it is for me. It's to see someone so old in the condition they're in, but that flag has so much meaning for them. Yeah. And, you know, him himself was a veteran. So the things that he's seen or he's given up or sacrificed for us, I don't know if the value is still the same with today's youth, but for somebody who's went into the military at a young age and now they're at the end of life, they've just experienced on a whole nother level a different type of life than we ever would. I like to think about what they've seen in their course of life that they're still just so, they say respect that flag so much. Has there ever been anything that stood out to you that maybe someone did something for you? Because on this podcast, we really talk a lot about people receiving. But is there anything that stands out to you that you're like, oh, yeah, girl, I got a story to tell you that just maybe changed so much or was so you just you'll never forget it kind of kindness. One of the things that has definitely made a big difference, and it, it might seem small to some, but to me, it was a big deal. So before COVID, me and my daughter, when she was a toddler, we would fly to Florida at least like three times a year. We would go visit my sister. We would stay with her and her husband and her son. She had one at the time. So my nephew. And then this one time we were flying back, we're on the plane and my daughter was just like, clearly she didn't feel good. She was having a meltdown. Her ears were hurting. She must've been like four and she was just crying, screaming. And I'm like trying to comfort her. And I didn't know this at the time, but I know it now when my daughter's uncomfortable or upset, she doesn't want to be touched. She doesn't want to be bothered. She wants to be left alone. But I'm like trying to hug her and like, maybe it's going to be okay. And she's smacking me and hitting me and pushing me away. And I'm like, all right. So I put my hood up and I'm like, I've got my head away from her and I'm like ready to cry. And this woman comes over and she hands me an index card. And I'm like, oh God, what's it going to say? It's going to say you're the worst mother ever. (laughs) I'm reporting you to social services as soon as we land. And it's on my fridge. I still have it up there. And it says, it's sometimes rough to be a parent. Just know you're doing a great job and you are loved. And on the back, I think there was a, a Bible quote and a verse. And I just thought she went out of her way to say that to me because she knew like she saw it she saw me getting ready to that point where I was gonna cry and she lifted me up like you're a good mom you've got this like nobody's judging you you're fine yeah so that really reminded me that people do know how kids are they don't think you're a bad parent because your kid's having a meltdown and there are really good people out there it was a nice reminder that good people are out there and that that was probably my favorite story that was my favorite one Yeah. And there's something about a stranger showing you kindness. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but for a stranger who doesn't know you Mm -hmm. to see you and to go out of their way when they don't know you, because it's so much easier sometimes to show it to the people you do know, right? your husband who like, when you know them, you know what they need. Like, it's just easier sometimes, but for a stranger to do it, yeah. And they didn't have to. There's no yeah. obligation. They're, they're not getting anything. They're not getting the sexy sexies later. You're like, do you know what I'm saying though? I'm yeah, like, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? What is it that 
it just feels different and it hits different when it's from a stranger. I agree for sure. I feel like family, we're kind of obligated to be nice to each other and to do things in a good give and take relationship. Mm -hmm. You're going to expect some nice things. But yeah, like when strangers do it, they don't owe you anything. We don't owe anybody anything, but take it upon themselves to see somebody in need as small, as little of a need it is, or to do it for people you don't know. It's definitely hits on another level. Yeah, it's definitely pretty great. Yeah. What keeps you doing this? Like, why do you still do it? Do you think you'll do it forever? Will you do it as long as there's a need for it? Do you have plans to take it in a different direction? Like, where are you at with all that? If I could not do it and be okay with it, I would. But I feel like there's more people to be saved. I still get messages in my inbox daily that say, if I didn't see your videos, or thank you for saving my life, or you don't know how much I needed this. It's almost like I feel like they're needed. They're necessary right now. The world's kind of scary. There's a lot of things happening. And it's definitely a nice place for people to go to just be uplifted by something. I've wanted to quit it several times. I'll have my moods where I'm like, I love this. This is the best. I don't think I'll ever do anything different or more unless it ever became my full-time job, which I don't see that happening. (laughs) I couldn't possibly like take on anymore. And I tell everybody, I'm pretty transparent on there. When I do talk, I'm going to do it as long as I can. I don't know what that means, but if TikTok starts to die down and the next new thing comes on, I'm probably just going to leave it at that and be thankful for the times we share. But people still love it, right? So I think to be able to put stuff out into the world, like what you do, it gives a little bit of a balance. And I think it can fight against all that negativity and gossip and things that just don't really matter, in my opinion. I think it helps with that. And obviously, you know that it helps from the messages you get and the comments that you get that it is needed and saving lives from posting a video of kindness. Yeah, I would feel like I'm letting people down if I just all together. And I know it's not my responsibility to save the world, but... I've always wanted to do something that has meaning. So the fact that I found a way to make a difference. Yeah. I feel like I'll probably be doing it again as long as I can. Yeah. My own personal opinion, which is why I did some of those fundraisers, is I do think when you have a platform, there is a bit of a responsibility to use it for good. Whatever that looks like to people. I love seeing when people have platforms. And I think there's nothing wrong with doing videos about you or it's just a couple's kind of thing or whatever. But for me, it just takes it to a different level when you see people with platforms using it also for good. And that's really what you're doing is you've been blessed with a platform and you are doing nothing but using it for good and to serve others. So I think it's awesome. Thank you. And I love watching your videos. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And you're in the medical field, right? I am. What do you do? I'm an x-ray tech at an urgent care. Okay. So when I'm not doing x-rays, I do some like medical assisting stuff. So when you take x-rays, because that's how they discovered my cancer, do you see stuff that's just like, you know what it is, you can't tell them it's like, but you know, you know, when you see it, that's hard, I bet. We do, we do. Before they know. We know before they know. It's got to be like a mind game that's just like, you, especially with cancer or tumors, right? It's like, man, I know what they're fixing to to have to go through and they have, they might have an idea or something, but they have no idea. You say it's like the best acting job ever because you have to like, okay, let you know the results when they're ready. No, seriously. For my cancer, the x-ray pretty much gives it away. It, just the way it shows up on an x-ray. But of course, biopsy to confirm, right? And this was actually a family friend. And he literally just poked his head out the door. Hey, we'll talk about it later. Go ahead, go home. Like he didn't know because it was more than just a doctor, right? He knew my family, knew me personally. And later on, he's like, I didn't, I had to, pro- he had to process it first, right? And like, how do I tell this girl that's not just a patient, but I know her yeah. that I am like 99% sure that she has bone cancer. And I've had like other like ultrasounds or whatever. And I even wrote about it in my book, how one lady they had found a borderline tumor on my ovary in 2020 and she had the best poker face. <laughs> but, but let's be real because you guys are human. Y'all yeah, are human yeah. that sometimes you're easier to read and you're like, mm, your look just gave it away. And then sometimes y'all yeah. are so good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that has, that's a skill. That has got mm-hmm. to be a skill to not let those human emotions come out like, oh, <gasps> that's a tumor. You'd be like, ah, see you later. You'll yeah. get the results from your doctor. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. There's at least one recent event where it was like a massive lung mass. And I'm just like fighting back the tears because I know what's about to happen to their life. And you can't cry. You can in private, but not in front of them. Back up. And then I have cried with patients before beginning of COVID stuff, but this kind of thing, you can't because you just, yeah, poker face. So how do you process it? I mean, have you learned how to not take it home? Or like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, unfortunately, it's the reality of the medical field. I'll probably dwell on it for a couple hours while I'm still at work. Like, yeah, I can't believe that just happened. And then kind of pray for them, hope for the best. But giving them as much compassion as possible while they're there is pretty much all I can do. But I've had a lot of testing done recently and a lot of MRIs and all this other stuff, x-rays and stuff. And people don't realize with a job like yours, it it truly matters because like your attitude or how you greet me, that could totally change my own attitude, Chrissy, especially when someone's dealing with medical stuff and they know something's up, but they don't know what. The way you greet me could be compassionate and warm and with a smile and how are you? Or it could be the opposite, which let's be real. We're all human and sometimes you're greeted that way in the medical field. But it makes a huge difference when someone is going through things and there's all this testing, someone like you, that compassion and warmth. And I have no doubt that that's how you greet the people (laughs) you take care of. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. It doesn't matter how I feel during the day. Like I could be tired. I don't sleep much, so I could be completely sleep deprived, but it's not their problem. 
they have bigger issues going on than me not sleeping or me being hungry. And it takes being a patient. I've had nothing major, but I've had minor medical issues in my young, young adulthood. And if they're not compassionate, then it makes you feel like you're wasting their time. So it takes a little bit of personal experience to understand that they're not here because they want to be. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think we can show compassion, but it's a different story when you have been in the shoes that this person is in. That, in my opinion, takes it to a whole new level. You just get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think we can always exercise compassion regardless. But when you've been in that place, you're like, I think it's just easier. We're human. It just tends to be yeah. a little easier. So I agree with when you've been on both sides of the fence with anything, divorce, health, like whatever, right. both sides of the fence, so much more compassion for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So every time something comes up in my life, I'm like, okay, one more thing I can be compassionate about <laughs> towards others. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. You don't know, like they might be there because they have a cough, but you don't know what else is going on in their life either. And I don't know what it is about me, but patients like open up, they tell me everything and I'm okay with that. Everybody needs somebody to be able to just like let it all out. And these are the situations that I have cried with patients before with is when they just like let out everything that's bothering them. Like if they're lost a parent, they lost a child, anything, I'll cry with them. I don't care. And I think they appreciate it. I think it's nice for them to have somebody to just get it out with. Well, I hope you realize that that's actually a gift and a talent that you have. Because when I feel connected like that, especially with doctors, some will listen and they're really trying to listen to your symptoms and stuff. And some just think they know it all and interrupt and all the things. But when I'm in the medical field or just anyone, right, and I can open up to them, it's because they have an energy or there's something that makes me feel safe with them that I'm like, oh, you're a safe space. I can really open up. So if people are doing that to you, that's really feedback that you have such a warmth and there's something about you that just makes people feel so safe that they can do that. That's pretty fantastic. I don't think I ever really thought about it that way. And yeah, that's great. Definitely a gift, a talent, a skill. So you just let them open up. Yeah. <laughs> and I charge $50 for therapy too. <laughs> Here's my phone number. You call me anytime. $50 an hour. <laughs> so I just want to know, and there's no right or wrong, but to Chrissy, what is kindness? What does that mean to you? Or what does it look like or an experience or anything? To me, it's a couple different things. I think not judging, being objective in situations. For example, if somebody's on TikTok and they're just talking about their life. I see, oh, all right, you don't have money, but you have your nails done. That's judging. We don't know the situation they could have done on themselves. So just being objective, just treating everybody with compassion. I think as little as like holding the door open for somebody else, selflessness. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure and getting to know you and getting a little bit more backstory and stuff about your account. So I really appreciate it. Well, well I appreciate you. Absolutely. And everything that you've done. Well, thank you. When hard times hit, there is something to be said about turning outward and serving others. It helps reduce isolation, which we tend to do when we are struggling. It can create a sense of belonging and purpose. It can help us cope with what we're going through and oftentimes help keep things in perspective. If you know someone this story might resonate with, send them a link to this episode. 
Also, tag me on Instagram at Tracy Farron and let me know what part of this story resonated with you the most. The best way to help support this show is to rate, review, and subscribe. Your support means everything. Until next time, rock your kindness.